WCHD3 Detroit, KMPS HD3 Seattle, WBMX HD3 Boston, and on AOL Radio and Yahoo Launchcast. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Scar. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now 248 545 Soul. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. Can demons kill people? Can we unknowingly manufacture our own poltergeist phenomena? Are Ben and I too nice to Murray Silver? Well, hello there, and welcome to the 370th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Paul, and uh, I'm afraid that young Ben is not with us uh, today. Uh, The lad had all his wisdom teeth out on Friday. Yuck. And he is really going to take a few more days to recover, so we're, we're, uh, we're missing him this evening. Actually, if you have have a chance to go on his Facebook page and send him a few good wishes, he'd like that, I'm sure. Benjamin Eno. Anyway, this is an open line show, and we do those every few weeks to catch up on the enormous volume of emails we receive. We feel that answering them on the air can be informative for other people who might have the same questions. If you have your own questions or would like to comment on the, the ones we read, and again, because I'm all alone tonight and kind of lonely, please feel free to call in. The number is 248-545-SOUL or 545-7685. Or if you're listening on a computer, use the handy little instant feedback thing on your screen, and you can write to us. Okay, now to our emails. Now, actually, there were several questions. So Someone called on the phone, something I don't encourage because I have no time, but people uh, occasionally do that or will write in questions, of course. There is a form on our website, BehindTheParanormal.com. But someone uh, asked if demons could kill people. Uh, I didn't get the name or, or the place uh, they were from, but th- that's a very good question. The violence of many of the poltergeist phenomena that I myself uh, have witnessed and that others report might raise the question. Uh, because I myself have been harmed physically by poltergeists, uh, notably in the uh, Bridgeport case of 1974 when a young uh, girl was involved and her her parents, uh, middle-aged parents, were involved in their home, of course, being a very small bungalow. People see it today on Lindley Street in Bridgeport, Connecticut, and they say, how on earth could anything have gone on in there? And now nobody uh, uh, have uh, been able to um, pin down what it was. Well... It was quite wild, and there were all sorts of things going on. Now, this is the case in which I stood there with several police officers and watched the refrigerator lift itself up and um, put itself back down again, uh, and the firefighters witnessed that as well. There were a number of other things that occurred, of course, and one of them was that a television set went over very suddenly and hit me in the leg, and I had a nice gash to show for that. Uh, the woman in the house, Mrs. Gooden, had her uh, toe broken a toe broken by uh, a similar uh, occurrence in this house. So can demons kill people? I, I have I have never run into that myself. I think that it, because these things, uh, demons, of course, being parasitical entities that we refer to all the time on the show, I think demons is part of the folklore baggage that they've picked up over the years because we explain things in ways that we can understand them. We don't really, I think our ancestors did and the shamans do, but... Most uh, garden variety folks don't understand the notion of multiple worlds or the interactions thereof and and that it's an open system and the energy comes and goes and that this can play funny tricks with space-time 
and uh, with the the anchor that we have on the ground, which is the you know the sun rises in the east and sets in the west, and if it doesn't, <laughs> wow. You know, so anyway, th- th- this, these are the sorts of things that we're dealing with. So we under, we explain these things, these 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 mighty and deep and vast uh, realities with things that we can understand, like spirits of the dead being responsible for ghost phenomena, or with little guys from other planets being responsible for UFOs, and of course because of the ways parasites push buttons and uh, get us going, and uh, in order to eat and to feed upon our energy, we say, "Aha, servants of the devil." and make us do bad things. All right, so this is uh, something that, that uh, has come down to us throughout our folklore and our history. Now, I, have n- I think it is entirely possible that uh, death can result, if injury can result, why not, why not death? I have never really heard of a case that I can confirm, but uh, often in paranormal studies, one runs into people who are hurting themselves and perhaps even have been killed because of their own excitement and frenzy and fear. Now, if you start running wildly around in an old place that's dark or, or in an area that may have uh, uh, physical hazards on it, like cliffs or something, you know, it's very possible you may, you may be seriously injured or killed. Whether they actually intend to do that, uh, why would you kill your food source? I mean, they, they don't eat like we eat chickens. They, they feed upon our energy, and if we, if we, we die, then... We, we're not giving off any more energy. Although, in the process of the, the, the uh, phenomenon of bodily death, these things do feed. That's why they seem to encourage at times, we're going to get into this on another show, but uh, wars and, and uh, difficulties of all sorts that, that is. So I, I think it is possible, although in 42 years of work in the paranormal, I've never seen it. Another such question came in that way, and it was, can we unknowingly manufacture our own poltergeist phenomena? Now, poltergeist, for those uh, neophytes out there, uh, is uh, the are two German words meaning noisy ghost or noisy spirit, and this is commonly thought of as it was it was thought of as a mis- mischievous ghost in the past, and then since the advent of academic parapsychology, something I don't really have an awful lot of faith in, frankly, although there are some awfully good people involved with it, it is generally thought of as the uh, energy produced by an agent, or, or that's the term for, uh, for example, in this Bridgeport case, the young girl, uh, Marcy, who was uh, 10 years old and ha- had uh, supposedly been producing this energy because of a number of factors. Uh, for example, she had been confined in the house for many weeks following uh, her uh, having been assaulted at school. Now, she wasn't seriously assaulted, but her parents were extremely protective didn't let her do much. And, of course, here's a recipe for a lot of pent-up energy. Now, in my book, the parasites feed off that and are attracted by it and created the poltergeist problem. As a matter of fact, I identified four of them in the case. But, hey, what the heck do, did I know? So uh, most people assume this was the agent thing and the energy was just being produced by the little girl. So uh, in any case, uh, in that case, uh, yeah, I suppose we... Uh, could unknowingly manufacture our own poltergeist phenomenon if that theory is true. I don't happen to believe it because it doesn't explain adequately the poltergeist phenomenon uh, or phenomena uh, that I have witnessed. So uh, I think another, another aspect of this question was can we ourselves, while investigating a poltergeist situation, create phenomena? There has been some speculation that when the... Um, uh, various uh, entertainers on TV, the, the ghost hunting people, 
will go in and, and say, tell the, 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 the quote unquote spirit to do something, you know, as if it's some kind of super being, uh, you know, make the temperature go up and make the temperature go down. They have, they have a thermometer. There's been some speculation that, that perhaps they themselves are manipulating the environment, something all of us are capable of doing. And, therefore creating the temperature change. I think it is very possible that when these energies are present, you see, it's, it's not just the entities that are present, it's the energies that have allowed them to come through and to be there uh, in these situations that I suppose could be harnessed by our own minds uh, in one way or another. Uh, and, and, and to explain that a bit further, there are those who will say, aha, the ghost moved my keys, or, or, or the ghost opened the door. Well, it might not have anything to do with the quote-unquote ghost. It might just be the, the uh, electromagnetic energies that have allowed the parallel worlds to merge and the beings therein to interact that is creating the open door or the missing keys. Because why? It does Electromagnetic energies acting in that way can do strange things to space-time. They can seem to manipulate space and time. You know, I think hence the idea that these these entities are, are some kind of super beings that can see everything we do and everything, you know, and, and although I think that's kind of naive. I've never really found that to be the case. I mean, they're just as limited as we are in most cases. Uh, the parasites, however, being pretty strong in many ways, being uh, the kinds of life forms that can move among worlds. So that, uh, that being the case, uh, we may manufacture our own phenomena. I think that deserves more research and we'll pay more attention to that. It's a good question. Okay, so now to our uh, emails. Okay, here is one. Okay, actually, well, yeah, we're going to be breaking very soon, but I'll, I'll, I'll get it started anyway. This is one for, oh, oh, my friend Pastor Joe in Albany, New York. Whenever I hear from Pastor Joe, I'm usually in trouble, but um, he says, while your show is like a book that I can't put down, I have been a little upset lately that you seem to be going back on your own warnings about trusting and communicating with paranormal entities. Okay, that's a good point, Pastor Joe. And uh, when we come back, we will discuss this a little bit further. But uh, let me just read a little bit more. Until recently, your shows and Paul's books have all denigrated psychics and mediums, warned against communicating with ghosts and parasites, and put out a completely sensible attitude about the whole paranormal experience. Well, okay. Now I hear both of you talking about rescuing disgruntled aliens, planning an end-of-the-world party with people from other dimensions, <laughs> and having long conversations in dark attics with bears and dead people. Oh, my goodness. Aside from the vari wide variety of life forms, aren't you just doing what the mediums you condemn are doing? Channeling from the other side. Very well put, Pastor Joe. Very good questions, and we will answer them when we do come back. Uh, after the break, you are listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno, minus the Ben tonight, recovering from oral surgery. And we will be right back on the show. You are on CBS New Sky Radio and NewSkyRadio.com. We'll continue with our answer to Pastor Joe's question in just a moment. So stay with us. Thursday is a power-packed day here on the sky. Join us at noon for the I'm Thankful Network. At 1 p.m., it's the Dr. Pat Show. At 4 p.m., Colette Baron-Reed takes the stage for the Colette Baron-Reed Show. The Colette Baron-Reed Show, where intuition, practical spirituality, great advice, a little woo-woo fun, and fabulosity meet. 
Colette Baron reed is an internationally renowned intuitive counselor, educator, and best-selling author who helps others recognize and connect with their own intuition, potential, and purpose. Powerful motivational speaker, charismatic broadcast personality, and acclaimed performer, storyteller, and recording artist, Colette uses her extraordinary spiritual gifts to empower her clients to live a life that is awake and authentic and to create a reality that is spiritual, deliberate, and meaningful. Call in early. The lines are hot. 248-545-7685. Instant feedback at NewSkyRadio.com. New Sky Radio. NewSkyRadio.com. New Horizons, No Boundaries. Powered by CBS, Yahoo, and Radio.com.
Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal. With Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248 545 Soul. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. And welcome back. And we're about to answer a question and address some points from Pastor Joe in Albany, New York. Now, his, uh, Pastor, your, your points are extremely well made. You really express the uh, reason why I, for years, did not, many years, did not write or talk about these, uh, what would generally be interpreted as psychic experiences. Okay. Running into various uh, life forms in paranormal cases and being communicated with by them and things of this kind and then talking about uh, some of the more recent developments uh, regarding uh, times that may be coming that, things that, that communicating with the, these entities the things they're afraid of too just just like us and all this business so I'll, I'll get into a little bit of that uh, what we're talking about however uh, you're absolutely right I was very concerned that I would not be mistaken uh, for doing Things that I criticize psychics and mediums are doing. But I think the key here is understanding when you know or, or, or at least believe strongly uh, that what you're doing and, and you know what you're doing, you um, are in less danger than, than if, if you, understand, you don't understand what you're doing. I think that most psychics and mediums, although the, there are some who are quite... Uh, I think educated about all this, but and most of them think they are dealing with spirits of the dead or or, or some other spirits, guides, and things like this in uh, some spirit world somewhere, and that these things will tell the truth. They, I think, a lot of them assume that they're being told the truth, and that uh, that they can uh, somehow be guided by what's being said or get messages from people who have died and give them to loved ones and they consider that a really important ministry now maybe that is what they're doing personally again I don't think that explanation is good enough for example you have all sorts of uh, quote unquote prophets who who talk about their information coming from enlightened masters or from aliens or somebody you know how come they all don't get it from the same people or the same sources that made me suspicious so, aha, uh-huh, maybe they're dealing with parallel worlds and many different ones instead of just one spirit world kind of thing. But whatever the case may be, I think that if you understand that, that you're dealing with a community of parallel worlds where most of the inhabitants, while they may not be like us uh, physically or in many other ways, are sharing the same life as we do. And that's what I've found in paranormal research for all these years, uh, not some spirit world but many, many, many different worlds, most of which are entirely physical, side with ours, and that when our brain is, I guess, tuned to the right frequency, if you want to use that that word, uh, we can pick them up and we can see things that are we usually can't see or hear things we usually can't hear because they're real worlds that seem to be sharing the same space and are all, all around, and sometimes they're not sharing the same space. So all possibilities, according to quantum physics, and all possible worlds uh, are real. And uh, they they are accessible and actually and, and indeed already present in our subconscious because we're living in many of them. So so that, that's the point of view that I'm coming from, and it's not that I'm accessing some kind of super beings or spirit world or anything like this. So for what that's worth, I think when you know what you're doing in that regard, it's safer to do it. Although, I, believe me, I found plenty of of things to be cautious about uh, out there. 
So that is the second point, being cautious, being sensible, as St. Paul might say, discerning, since we're talking to Pastor Joe here. In the, um, and of course, in, in uh, the New Testament, St. Paul talks about um, not, tr- tr- not trusting every spirit and also being discerning, realizing what it is that you're doing and being able to tell whether it's real or not. These, as I say, when I first went into paranormal research, particularly in researching ghost phenomena, I would be very aware of uh, very often names and people and places, and I, I, I rejected it. I, I, I wouldn't accept it because I, I didn't trust it. And I, I still am very, very careful. When this communication occurs, it is uh, done in a state of a sort of a very quiet, meditative state. I never attempt to contact anything. Uh, there will be uh, some contact with me by way of uh, just verbal voices and, and things of this kind uh, when I'm in a, uh, the proper state. And this um, sometimes will not be in English. And there have been many times when there's, we have not been able to communicate uh, unless it's a language I happen to know. And even then, uh, it can be a very odd form. I'm thinking particularly of, of you're referring to bears. <laughs> Actually, I should explain what you're writing here. Uh, all right, so I do warn against psychics and mediums, yes. Uh, warn against communicating with ghosts and parasites because the point being nothing in the paranormal is what it appears to be. It's what you were told, unless you really get to know these, uh, whoever is, is saying it and what the situation is. All right, uh, now now I hear both of you talking about rescue, rescuing disgruntled aliens. Okay. <clears throat> ben and I operate, uh, we're father and son, but we operate on entirely different uh, levels here. Ben has, I, I tend to be more, uh, well, I don't know if I should say scholarly or I take a more intellectual approach to this based on my seminary studies and studies in psychology and all this business. Ben is, uh, and I'm 59 years old, Ben is... Uh, a lad of 20 and he is has is a gifted shaman and he's studying under a Mexican uh, shaman full-blooded Aztec uh, who uh, lives fortunately very nearby and so he's not like he has to travel far to, to go uh, to interact with this, this marvelous fellow but it's a matter of um, him operating on levels that shamans operated on and I don't do that, I just have this happen to be sensitive to the people all around us because I have cultivated, really all my life, when you look at the spirituality that I've learned, the multiverse awareness. It is perfectly normal to rub elbows with all kinds of different life forms in your daily life. Now, the problem is not to get locked up for it because our, our psychology and our alleged science don't, don't uh, any longer recognize these things. So um, that's where the disgruntled alien thing comes in, was with Ben, not with me. Uh, he has, much to his own surprise, uh, at times been approached by uh, what you might call greys. And again, we don't, we don't even like to talk about why this because it sounds so uh, who have a, a, Who are aware of um, the multiverse and want him to help open portals. Ben seems to be very good with portals, opening, closing them, moving. Portals being uh, gateways between these parallel universes. All right. Uh, something I don't entirely understand, but he's very good at that. And they have, apparently there are, according to his experiences, dissident aliens who want to get out of their own culture and ethos to, to a, a parallel world where it's better. 
So that apparently is what was happening. So, uh, <clears throat> okay, and, and, and uh, so that, that's what that's about. And then Pastor Joe refers to us planning an end-of-the-world party with people from other dimensions. Well, I wouldn't quite go so far as to say that. Uh, we're not planning any kind of end-of-the-world party. I, you know, this whole Mayan prophecy thing in 2012, uh, I take that with a grain of salt. I don't particularly believe anything spectacular is going to happen uh, on December 21st. As a matter of fact, just for fun, we're spe- I'm spending... Uh, we're spending the day, it's a Saturday, with uh, D'Erlon, the author we've had on frequently and the author of uh, the Mayan expert and author of, uh, of uh, Heaven's Wave, a novel of the Doomsday Prophecy. And we're going to just hang out on the 21st. If anything happens, okay, well, he's right. And then the following um, Monday, December 22nd, uh, 23rd, I should say, uh, right here, actually, I think it's going to be... I'm not sure which of our shows is going to be on, but we're going to have uh, Dr. Chris Keating, the physicist, on who has debated him about this. And it says nothing's going to happen either. So we're going to have some fun with this anyway. But we're not planning an end-of-the-world party with people from other dimensions. However, we do interact with people from other dimensions. Uh, if you want to call them dimensions, dimensions and parallel worlds are not technically the same thing. People use the words interchangeably, as has Pastor Joe here, but uh, within uh, various worlds, uh, there are dimensions of their own and things of this kind. It's very complicated. You should talk to a physicist. So um, the, the party thing isn't quite accurate. Uh, having long conversations in dark attics with bears and dead people. Okay. <laughs> I love how you put that, Pastor Joe. What we're, gonna, what we're doing here, I, I, he's referring to a case in 1975 in Yonkers, New York, in which I was um, con- conversing or communicating, again, of its own volition, with, with a guy who seems to be doing the transition to another parallel life. Apparently, he might have his body was killed in a plane crash here, but... You know, again, the whole death thing doesn't really exist as we understand it. And he was um, going to the nearest convenient path of least resistance life, which apparently was pastor of a church in Virginia. And uh, you can go back and listen to the podcast of those things. I want to to go through it again. But I didn't know what the heck was happening because it was really strange. But since then, I have come to believe that this is what's happening and that the uh, experience has occurred several times where uh, people's... uh, I've been communicating with them, and their memories will change as we communicate. And they're afraid of me because they see me as a ghost. This is how it works world to world, seemingly. So uh, I wasn't quite talking with anybody who was dead because there is no death. Now, the bear thing was very interesting. He's referring to a um, conversation in the early 90s that I had with, with uh, in another attic, this time near Buffalo, New York. And it was a very interesting conversation with a noble a non-human creature who, whose energy came across almost ursine, almost like a bear. So I wasn't talking to a bear. I was talking to a, 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 a very noble and a very positive being who was a, a neighbor from a parallel world, but he was on a quest. And we had to speak in a very odd form of Latin because he didn't speak English, and the Latin was very odd. It took us time to work it out so that we could communicate, and he apparently was on a quest for a place called Renthusia, or, or Renthusia. And um, uh, see if several people have written in that, that there is a root in there that is the Greek word for sacrifice, and that maybe I was dealing with a parasite. Uh, but if you look at that word, uh, Thusia, in Greek, it can mean self-sacrifice, and that, that's what came across from this particular uh, marvelous being here. So uh, in any case, that's what uh, 
was happening in that case. I just don't believe that I'm doing what mediums and psychics are doing because I think I understand what's actually happening. These are not spirits or guides or super beings. These are neighbors. So like I'm speaking with the neighbors. And when we get, when we get our ideas about what is coming up uh, or may be coming up for us in ensuing uh, years, uh, that is a shared concern among these various um, multi, multiversal beings that we happen to encounter who are just as concerned and in the dark as we are about a lot of things. So that's essentially where that stands, and I don't believe I'm doing what these other people are doing, and I will continue to criticize mediums and psychics for their attitudes and their understandings of this or lack of understanding. And I could be wrong, but I don't think so. Anyway, we're going to take another break, and you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno, minus the Ben, on CBS New Sky Radio, newskyradio.com. We will be right back to continue with our open line show and our emails, so stay with us. Take CBS Radio The Sky with you wherever you go. Be sure to download the Radio.com app today from your mobile marketplace. And when you really want to know more, 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 be sure to visit NewSkyRadio.com. Get in deep with exclusive articles and sky news. Get your weekly horoscope and the inside scoop on host events. Radio.com and NewSkyRadio.com. Stay connected.
Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. New SkyRadio.com. And we're back, and we have a, a rather – it's kind of – in this business, when you think you've seen everything, then the next day, you know, there's something uh, more unusual that comes along. And here's an email. This is from Megan in Fall River, Massachusetts. And Megan writes, Hi, Paul and Ben. Love all your shows, but I notice a little inconsistency when you have Murray Silver as a guest. Now, let me just digress here. Murray Silver, for those of you who don't know, is a very popular guest on the show. He is a Washington insider, a Hollywood insider, and a renowned paranormal investigator, although he's not that well-known. He should be, because he has one of the sharpest minds in America. As a matter of fact, he's a big cheese with Mensa. So, <clears throat> we, and he's also a very dear friend uh, of mine, and we have um, um, him on the show uh, frequently to discuss many, many subjects. He's, as I say, an insider and a, a rena- real renaissance man. And uh, that's who, who he is. Uh, very, uh, they, I'll continue with this letter. Very often when you talk about ghosts, your guests will be, as you say, spiritualists. Then you blow them out of the water. But Murray Silva comes on and uses spiritualist terms and ideas, and you spare him. Good heavens. I was really surprised when he was on last week and made a clear distinction between his ghost in Savannah, spirits, and yours in the Village of Voices case in Connecticut, multiverse, and you let it go. Is there a little favoritism here? All right. I can see where you'd get this idea, and maybe there's a little bit of that. I mean, knowing Marie so well and respecting him so much, I respect his mind. And as we're always saying on this show, and as I've said already on this one once, I could be wrong. I mean, you could do things wrong for 40 years or more, and maybe the whole multiverse thing is baloney. I don't know. Uh, it's just that is what I see out there in, in, with crystal clarity. None of the other uh, spiritualist ideas like this spirits of the dead thing and the seance room and all this business has ever made much sense to me and especially not now so uh, maybe i'm wrong however murray understands where i'm coming from and and I, i he uses spiritualist terms i think that because that's what people understand i think he uses them uh in terms of the multiverse okay i wouldn't do that because i think it confuses things but i understand where he's coming from and I do respect the sharpness of his mind. So that's why we don't, quote, blow him out of the water. Actually, I, I, we never try to do that with guests. There have been one or two over the years. We've been on the air for five years now, all, all things considered. That's NPR, isn't it? No, all, all shows considered, I should say. And we have always tried to treat people with the greatest respect and uh, But there have been a few frustrating people over the years, but we still have not, I don't think, blown them out of the water. Anyway, we try not to, to do that in any kind of way that uh, treats the guests with any sort of derision in any way. But um, I can see why you're thinking this, Megan, but I, I don't know. I mean, I hope that that's an explanation that you might, uh, you might accept. It's really not favoritism. It's, it's uh, more respect, I think, certainly. Uh, okay, now we... Oh, boy, we're never going to get to this if I don't do it. I'll jump right to this. It's a question about parasites. Uh, Now, this is from Kelly in Seattle. 
And uh, Kelly writes, I was looking forward to last week's show on parasites in human history, but I know that you postponed it in memory of your friend. But did you, but you did quickly name the nine species of parasites. Can you talk some more about them? Well, we are going to do a show on parasites in human history, and we, we bumped it last week on our other station on our Monday Drive Time show because uh, one of the uh, major uh, fellows uh, in, at the station had had passed away unexpectedly or translated unexpectedly, and he also was a major UFO researcher in the 1960s. And so we sort of dropped our script, and we, we dedicated the show to him, and we broke our call-in record uh, here in New England anyway, and uh, it was really uh, uh, quite a tribute, we thought, to Joe Ferrier, who was well-known for his photographs of UFOs taken in Rhode Island in the 60s and for his having published Probe magazine in the 60s. Interestingly, everywhere we go, and all the big names we deal with, Stan Friedman, uh, Peter Robbins, uh, all, all the different fellows uh, who were major uh, figures in UFO research today, they all heard of Joe Ferrier, and I, I informed them that, uh, of what had happened. And it was uh, quite, quite a wonderful, interesting man and a true gentleman and a dear friend. So uh, that's why we, we didn't do that show, but we will be doing it soon. But in the meantime, everybody wants to know what are the nine kinds of parasites I always refer to and have never talked about. Uh, they are talked about in my next book if I ever finish it, which is just three years overdue now, so why hurry? Okay, now I seem to have identified, just to answer this question, nine different species so far, and I ranked them by their apparent intelligence, experience, power, and vulnerability. And I say parasites being creatures who are multiversal and are responsible for our folklore of demons and and uh, evil spirits, things of this kind. But what they actually are are life forms, part of nature, who seem to be able to move between worlds. I mean, life is everywhere in the multiverse. And to feed upon what they need to feed upon in order to live. Now, it's possible that some of these varieties could be younger or older individuals of the same species, with their maturity making a difference in my presentation. But to me, each group does seem to be unique unto itself. I have every reason to believe that parasites do not all come from the same world, though they do seem to interact with each other, sometimes in a hostile manner. It's quite interesting to watch how they work. I considered naming them by class or something, but that sounded too much like Ghostbusters, so I decided to stick with their prime characteristics. And here's the list from the upper echelon down to the riffraff. The most impressive parasite group I've encountered, I, and from almost day one, I call the wise. Now, realize that that term is used with great relativity and means nothing good when it comes to us. Uh, these are the top-shelf parasites, and they come across as very ancient and very full of knowledge about the multiverse the inhabitants of our world, and of their prey. They give the impression of knowing our species far better than we do. They are conversant in most, if not all, human languages and have a greater, great telepathic power. They tend to live and hunt alone. I always found that interesting. They're kind of like huge, invisible spiders. And very often they'll, they'll quietly park themselves in a place or time where they have access to a certain house or tract of land for centuries at a time. Uh, <clears throat> picking up what knowledge they can and feeding on whoever comes along. These can be very difficult to deal with because <clears throat> they tend to have a very a certain arrogance and not to take us seriously. However, I have dealt successfully with them in the past. Uh, then there are uh, what I call the elders. Uh, like the wise, the elders seem to have great knowledge and experience, but they are more apt to work together 
and to be leaders among other kinds of parasites. They do not seem as interested in humans and human life as the wise, except, of course, as food sources. That uh, They don't seem to study us like, like the wise do. Uh, the third kind of parasite here that I talk about is the farmers. All right, these parasites seem to work quietly in groups of four to eight and will attach themselves to a human family, tribe, or other community for long periods of time, cultivating situations and feeding off the results. Certain individuals in the parasite group might concentrate on or be in charge of particular individuals in the human group. In many cases, the parasites are so unobtrusive that except for feelings of presences or negativity, you know, the basic haunted house stuff, the humans have no idea they are being farmed. Then there are the pack hunters. This species is highly aggressive, highly provocative, and will usually concentrate on one human individual at a time. Unlike most parasites, they seem to be highly mobile. They can and will follow a person from place to place, there is always a leader. If they get enough to eat, they can become poltergeists. I have encountered them from time to time in cases of possession and in exorcisms. They are also excellent mimics, and many victims become convinced that they are being paid attention to not by parasites, but by benevolent and protective spirits. All right, let me, let me pause here for a minute. There are some common characteristics among all parasites that I've noticed. They... They um, seem to have gender, male and female. They can be killed, although I don't think I've ever managed to accomplish that. Uh, and uh, when I say they can be killed, that's in the context of a multiverse where there is no death and they probably pop up somewhere else. Uh, but, I mean, I've, I've seen some really remarkable and odd things. Many of them seem to, uh, especially the lower echelon ones, seem to, uh, the longer they are attached to us or to our world, they seem to forget their own origins over time. It's very fascinating to watch. <clears throat> so anyway, moving on to the next group, there are the rogues. Uh, these are loners among the parasites, and they have many tendencies of the pack hunters, particularly the aggressiveness, but they operate in complete isolation from one another. They operate freely uh, through Ouija boards and seances especially and are very often responsible for poltergeist or possession cases. If you are silly enough to use a Ouija board, this is what you might encounter. One of these rogues who claim to be some king or prince or some big shot from somewhere. But in any case, we're up for another break here. We'll continue on Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio and NewSkyRadio.com. We'll continue our discussion of the kinds of parasites in just a moment. So stay with us. Mondays are motivational. It all begins with you. And that's where the movement within featuring life coach April Claxton comes in. Join April and her uplifting guests Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Featured on Animal Planet, Court TV, Unsolved Mysteries, and The Hauntings, Psychic Barbara Mackey. Barbara is a sixth-generation psychic medium, animal psychic, and spirit communicator. Tune into Visions with Barbara Mackey at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. There are four corners, and Will and Nancy will take you there at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Existence is what we live for. 
Adventure is our journey. Metaphysical topics, inspiring and educational guest speakers, psychic readings, and more. Artie's the Party with Angels and Answers, Mondays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Psychic readings and more. Join the fun. What goes bump in the night? Heidi knows. At 11 p.m. Eastern Time, Heidi Hollis's The Outlander will lunge into topics on all things outlandish and more. Call in or write Heidi to vent or get advice about your paranormally inspired curiosities or challenges. Call in early. The lines are hot. 248-545-7685. Instant feedback at NewSkyRadio.com. New Sky Radio. NewSkyRadio.com. New Horizons. No Boundaries. Powered by CBS, Yahoo, and Radio.com.
Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. And we're back on our open line show answering some questions, answering one question particularly about the uh, nature of parasites of the nine different species of them that I have uh, sort of identified for my own reference over the past 40-something years. And uh, we, we've reached the, the ones known as the passives. This is a really interesting group, uh, and it brings to mind several commonly, commonly known phenomena in the paranormal. Uh, this group seems to be almost like workers, uh, passives, and uh, they, they seem to be satisfied filling the role of second stringers. Uh, very often they can be found with the elders assisting them or with some other brighter kind of parasite. I think of the UFO abduction phenomena in which people mention uh, some superior aliens, quote-unquote, working with them, and then also uh, a sort of worker class uh, that's doing some of the, uh, the other chores and things of this kind. It almost makes me think of this. I also think of how they can be sometimes cruelly treated, seemingly by our standards, with uh, the uh, elder by the elders or or some of the other groups of uh, the the more superior kind, and I think often of uh, stories people have of oh in my house there, there, there's uh, you know, the psychic told me or the medium told me that there there's a mean guy he's picking on a bunch of smaller ghosts and this kind of thing. Well, I mean that's that could very well be interpreted as uh, something like this that because the psychics and mediums don't understand about parasites that they might be or usually that, that they might uh, be picking this up so anyway uh, they seem to feed on in a manner of speaking whatever crumbs are left after the elders are finished uh, with any particular situation so that's a group we'll, we'll go into more about that in the show when we talk about this uh, then there are the lost uh, this is a fascinating tendency among all parasites to forget their own origins as I just said and even their identities the longer they spend attached to their victims. Uh, these lost often will communicate verbally with their hosts or their victims, and they will often give the impression that they need sympathy and even that they are sorry for the way they have to live. I've actually had a case in the Midwest when one of the lost was constantly apologizing to its human victim that it had to feed on his energy. Uh, the victim could actually hear a human-like voice but never saw the parasite. And then there were the tricksters. Now, that's a, anybody who's into uh, any kind of shamanism or native uh, spirituality pretty much from any culture will recognize that word. Uh, the tricksters, I mean, if there are any species in the multiverse that can be intellectual lightweights but clever at the same time, it's this trickster species. Uh, they'll get the energy flowing from their victims through startling pranks and unpleasant surprises. And this is a common... Uh, common occurrence here, uh, as many uh, would would, ident- would would say who have experienced them. And uh, as with all parasites, their abilities to travel among parallel worlds will make it seem that they can manipulate space and time. Uh, something that, as H.P. Lovecraft pointed out, uh, in itself will strike horror, and error, horror, I should say, into the human heart. Because what is more terrifying than a displacement in space and time? That's our anchor in what we consider to be reality. Uh, tricksters are often the origins of the enlightened masters, space brothers, or false spirit guides that have a field day among gullible psychics and mediums or other people, too. And you don't mean to just attack psychics and mediums in general. There are plenty of good ones. Uh, who uh, have an idea of what they're doing and have brains in their heads, but there are plenty who uh, really don't, in my opinion. 
And the final group, uh, the ninth group, is uh, referred to as the brats. Uh, this is the lowest echelon among parasites and seems to be what I call, uh, as I say, well, here's how they act. They act like spoiled brats and at the same time frightened children. It's a very interesting uh, kind of thing to watch. They seem to live and feed alone on a specific human who is also alone. And often an unhealthy bond will result. I've had to wade in and disentangle several of these bizarre relationships, and it's 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 an awful thing to do. It's it's, it's one step short of possession, I think, and I think these things can uh, create the phenomenon we know as possession. While brats are not very swift, they are very good at manipulating their victims, and they are terrified of being separated from their victims because they very often can't remember where they came from or where they should go. And uh, this fear in them is really palpable. It's, it's, it's really quite fascinating to watch. So, so those are the nine species of parasites, to answer your question, Kelly, uh, that I have identified over the years. And, uh, again, take it or leave it. I don't know. <laughs> they seems to work for me. Okay, we've got um, only a couple of minutes left, so I guess I'd better uh, forego this one. Although I wanted to, well, we'll do it on our next open line show. So again, uh, to find out more about the parasites uh, situation here and what uh, their their effect, particularly on human history, we are going to be doing a show within the next few weeks on that. Watch uh, behindtheparanormal.com, and uh, that gives you all the shows that are coming up and uh, past shows, four hundred or so podcasts, lots of information about guests uh, coming and going, and you can really enjoy the site. I hope if you. Spend some time on it. Okay. Announcements. Now, Ben and I, Ben, of course, uh, not being with us tonight because he had all his uh, wisdom teeth out. He's not very good shape. Uh, we'll be speaking at the Grove House Hotel in Woodbridge, Suffolk, England, on Saturday, September 22nd from 7 to 11 p.m. The ticket price is £15, pounds and it includes a full buffet dinner provided by the hotel. Proceeds will benefit local charities. Now, we're going to be arriving uh, in Woodbridge the night before that. We're going to spend some time out at Rendlesham Forest, the famous Rendlesham Forest. And uh, we might have a little time to hang out on Saturday uh, before our presentation, which, as I say, begins at 7 p.m. So we will be around, and uh, if anybody locally would like to you know, come and meet us before the presentation, we'd love to, love to meet you. We have a lot of uh, good friends we've never met. And a big listenership, as I understand it, in uh, East Anglia. Anyway, the evening will include a town hall meeting on paranormal events in this highly active area, uh, which was the scene, of course, of the, of the famous Rendlesham Forest UFO incidents of 1980. Larry Warren, eyewitness to that event and co-author of the book Left at Eastgate, plans to be with us that evening, and we're looking forward to, to that as well. Uh, for information and to buy tickets, visit uh, www.spaceportuk.com slash events or just go to behindtheparanormal.com our show site. Look for the link to that site under what's new. And we hope to see you there. Finally, Ben and I will be featured speakers at the All Hallows Eve Psychic Fair at the Crown Plaza Hotel in Warwick, Rhode Island on Sunday, October 28th. Watch for that and more info on that at uh, behindtheparanormal.com as well. Check out my books on Barnes & Noble Nook and e the e-reader and Kindle, Amazon Kindle, and uh, be able to get them there. Uh, again, BehindTheParanormal.com. You can buy my books, check out the shows, and things of that kind. So many thanks to our producer, Brandon Jackson, and we'll see you next week, August 19th, 
when we welcome British author Graham Nichols for a look at how to deal with out-of-the-body experiences, something a lot of people are very afraid of. In the meantime, uh, tune into our Boston Providence Drive Time show on WON, 12.40 a.m. on onworldwide.com at 6 p.m. Eastern Time every Monday. We leave you with a thought from Mother Teresa of Calcutta. Live simply so others may simply live. Thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey. We'll see you next time, and I'm sure Ben will be with us. <laughs>